Well, it's an exciting time to be talking about educators as Gaston County Schools just announced its five finalists for Gaston County Teacher of the Year. Today on Savvy Citizen, we're talking with Stacy Nezazan of Pinewood Elementary School, who was the 2021-2022 Gaston County Teacher of the Year, as well as Tyler West, who's the principal at that same school, who was the administrator of the year. We'll be speaking with both of them about the challenges they've faced and the excitement ahead for those that have been named as the finalists. So to kick things off, why don't you all introduce yourselves um, and let us know a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right, I'm Tyler West. I'm the principal here at Pinewood Elementary. Um, this is my fourth year here at Pinewood, and before that I was the principal at Sherwood Elementary and assistant principal at Bessemer City Middle School, and I taught at Ida Rankin in Mount Holly for seven years. So I'm born and raised in Gaston County and uh, went to school in Gaston County and excited to be serving um, the community in which I was raised. And I am Stacey Nezazan. I am the literacy teacher here at Pinewood Elementary School. I have been here for three years, and I taught for five years in Charlotte-Mecklenburg prior to coming to Gaston County. I am originally from a suburb of Buffalo, New York, called North Tonawanda. I was born and raised there and decided I didn't like the cold weather, so I made the journey on down to North Carolina, where I have been for close to nine years roughly, and I'm loving every minute. Oh yeah, you definitely got the better weather down down here. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have y'all on the show today because you both have won Teacher of the Year Awards from Gaston County Schools. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so I want to ask y'all, what does this award mean to you? Well, I'll start for me. Um, I, I was uh, nominated by my peers for Principal of the Year, so that meant the world to me. Um, I, I work with some of the best principals, I think, in the nation and really respect um, all the support that they have given me as a new principal. I've only been doing this for seven or eight years now. It seems like it just started. And so to be nominated by them and to um, have their support meant a whole lot to me. And um, it's just, it's an honor to represent them and to be able to do some of the things we've done. Ms. Nezazan and I just were in a parade this past um, Wednesday. We'll do another one this Sunday. And we love kind of the small town feel of feeling celebrated and some of the things that our staff has done to celebrate us and the families here at Pinewood. So to me, it just kind of represents support of the community and recognition that I'm at least doing a little bit of something right around here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Which parade were y'all in? We did the Mount Holly Parade, um, and that was this past Wednesday. And then this Sunday, we'll do the Gastonia Parade. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll be I'll be there with um, a couple different groups from the county. Um, we've got uh, the commissioners have a float in the police department, and then we're there with our 175th anniversary committee. So. We'll be getting to get out and enjoy. It should be a great day in terms of weather, so I'm excited for that. Yes, yes. We are very excited for it. And being the Teacher of the Year for Gaston County is truly such an honor, but as a teacher, it's not something that you go into the job for the recognition. It's truly just um, it's an honor to be recognized to be doing something that is exceptional work and being recognized for something that I just love to do on a daily basis. Um, I don't necessarily think of my job as teaching as just 
just a regular career. It's also my life. It's my love. It's my hobby. It's what I am in this world to do on a daily basis. So teaching is just always on my mind and how I can make the lives of students even, even better. So it was an honor to be recognized for such a distinguished award. I would think that even for people like yourself that are super passionate about what you do, um, the past 18 months to two years almost has probably been, I would imagine, probably some of the most challenging of your career. I can agree with that. I think it's also been the most uh, growing time for many of us teachers. We've had to grow and adapt and be super flexible. So I think we have many more strategies and resources in our toolbox, though, to be able to handle and teach in different ways. So I think um, to look on, on the bright side of what we have been able to learn and take out of that's a great perspective and, and a, a great way to look at that. And I'm, I'm sure for being being able to be back in the classroom this semester has probably been kind of a, a shot in the arm, too, in terms of just being able to interact with the kids again. Definitely. It's been so nice to have a building full of students again and to be in school five days a week now. Um, we've, we've really reached the point where we feel like we're um, – closing some of the learning gaps that were created by the pandemic because we have our students here um, with us a lot more. And so that's been, I guess it's, it just raises morale because for the past 18 months, like you talked about, it's been more of a, a struggle and you feel a lot more defeat than a normal year because you're spinning your wheels and feeling like you're not making much of a difference. Um, and now we feel like with the with the kids back here with us a lot, we, we do feel like we're making an impact and growing them academically and socially. And so it's it's just sort of brought up some of the joy back to all of our hearts, for sure. Such a um, yeah, I can I don't have kids, but I am just trying to imagine what it would be like to be in elementary and middle school and not get to actually go to school because I was someone who loved to go to school, be with friends. It's such a great thing that you get to be back now. So now that you're back in school full time, I wanted to know, um, maybe like walk us through a day in the life of an elementary school teacher or principal. Well, I'll go first, Stacey, I guess. So the day in the life of the principal is um, I always keep a schedule of things that need to get done and have to get done at a certain time or by a certain day, but you have to always be prepared and flexible that anything could happen and um, there's never a dull moment and never a day that's the same so you always have to be prepared to um, handle issues that arise or help students or parents who need something today uh, it was you know outside at arrival coming in meeting with teachers Um, we do a lot of meeting with different grade levels together to look at data for kids Um, I met with our support staff today and we looked at attendance information for some of our students so a lot of um, putting in place different strategies that will help our students and our families but then I also popped popcorn and went and had a little celebration for a class that had really good behavior Mm. um, last week so it's just it runs the gamut of all the different things that um, that I can do but I try and everything to keep really good visibility um, at arrival and dismissal and, uh, and throughout the hallways. I want the kids here to know me and I want to know them and 
I want them to remember their elementary principal. That's always my goal because looking back at my elementary career, I don't really remember much about my principal. So I want to be one that builds relationships and that they remember as the one who brought the popcorn or the one who um, dressed up like a hot dog or, or whatever it takes to um, let them have a fun elementary experience. That is such a good point because I do actually have really strong memories of my elementary school uh, principal because I never made straight A's until fourth grade. Something happened in fourth grade that something clicked and I made straight A's for the very first time. And she noticed somehow, I don't know if my teacher told her, but I remember she called me into her office. And of course I'm thinking, oh no, what's about to happen? (laughs) But she just wanted to say, you did a good job. And it meant so much. And the memory really stuck with me. So, I mean, relationships with your professors or sorry professors I'm <laughs> post-college uh relationships with your teachers and pr- principals can just have an uh, impact on people for your whole lives yeah thank you that's great validation for me yeah <laughs> yeah keep doing it <laughs> I think Ms. Bess is being very humble she knows the names of every single student and every single parent and as they walk in she greets every child by name and at that parade on Wednesday of this week, every child that saw her thought she was a celebrity on her <laughs> mm. All you heard was her name, and it was absolutely wonderful. So she is making a difference. So oh, that's, that's so part. sweet. <laughs> okay, Miss Nezazan, what, what grade do you teach? Remind me. So I'm actually in a unique position because I'm the literacy teacher and specialist here at Pinewood. So okay. I service children in kindergarten through fifth grade, and I pull small groups. So all throughout the day, I have small groups of every single grade level. I am in constant collaboration and communication with um, the teachers in our building to make sure that I am pulling students that need um, help in different areas, potentially phonics, vocabulary, or reading comprehension. And then I make sure that while I am teaching them in their small groups for about 30 to 45 minutes a day, that I'm communicating their growth and achievement back to the classroom teachers. So I have a very unique and fun job where I get to really be like a doctor where I analyze what is what is their specific learning need and then provide their medicine, which is their effective instruction to help them grow and succeed in reading. So you're doing very individualized teaching. Is that is that usual? Yes, very much so. So my groups range anywhere from about four to six children, so very individualized instruction. This this is um, great teaching practice across the country would be like diagnosing students' reading needs with data and then doing small groups with those children. So most teachers, I would say, do that. What, what we have going here and at a lot of um, Title I schools across Gaston County is the teachers have the ability and the um, space to pull a small group and work with students individualized, but then to also have Ms. Nezes on um, be able to pull additional small groups and work with even more kids. That's kind of how we're making that big impact. And and I would say now she's being humble because she didn't talk about how what a great coach she is for the rest of our team of teachers. Um, so she doesn't just work with the, the kids, but she'll work with our professional learning communities. She does professional development for our teachers. And most people that think about elementary teaching, they're like, wow, how do you teach a kid to read? Well, if you want to know how to teach a kid to read, you just talk to Ms. Nessazon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because 
We we laugh. I call her a nerd, and she doesn't mind if I call her a nerd. But she knows so much about the science of reading and how kids' brains work. And if they know this, but they need to know this, this is the step to get them there. Um, and so she is a wealth of information to all of our teachers who come to her and um, always brag about what growth the kids are making when they go to her small group. So she's she's a gem and a jewel, and we're really glad she's here at Pinewood. <laughs> when you think about just the wide range of, of reading skills and kind of where kids are on the, on the spectrum of being able to read and, and what their comprehension level is going from kindergarten to, to fifth grade. I mean, what you have to do with all those different groups. I mean, you've almost got to change gears multiple times throughout the day, I would think. Oh, yes. And that's what makes my job so much fun because I get to do everything. I'm not doing the same phonics lesson over and over 10 times a day. I really get to experience all the levels and just to see their progression of their thinking by the time they get to fifth grade is, it's wonderful. It, it breaks up the day in a nice way. I love that um, y'all are talking about uh, data and <laughs> and driving your uh, decisions and driving your operations using data because that's such a huge focus of our county manager, Dr. Kim Eagle. We just, you know, as y'all know, I'm sure just finished a huge countywide strategic planning initiative where every single department had to make strategic plans for each of their departments and that includes goals it includes uh, strategic initiatives and then data metrics to back that up track progress uh, make sure you're on track uh, so that's really cool that y'all are doing that all the way down to the classroom level like it's just neat to think that you know all the way from the county manager's office down to individual classrooms decisions are being made with data so what when when you say that you're you know reviewing data on, do you have data on literacy? Is that something that you do? You're saying that you're a nerd, so I'm just assuming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously we have to follow statewide mandates, and one of the initiatives that North Carolina has is using M Class Amplify M Class, which is Dibbles, which measures a student's ability to hear sounds and then produce sounds. So which is what we call phonemic awareness, and then phonics. So that way we can help them to learn their letter names and sounds, then blend sounds into words. So we use that program called Dibble. And in Gaston County, we also use iReady, which is a great overall diagnostic measure to address phonemic awareness, phonics, vocabulary, and comprehension as well. So we have two great assessments to really help us pinpoint what each child in our building needs. And one way we take that even further, maybe we're preparing our students to be in the county manager's department because we, <laughs> we keep data notebooks for our students. And so it's actually pretty cool. The kids can tell you, this was my score at the beginning of the year on the reading diagnostic. This is where I want to be by the end of the year to catch up to grade level or to be two grade levels above what they make a goal. And then they can track their progress on a chart, like a bar graph or, or a line plot. Um, and most kids are able to say, this is where I started, this is where I'm heading, um, and can track data for reading and for math, which oh, is pretty cool. That's awesome. So Ms. West, Ms. Nezazan, um, will you spend a second to talk about what your favorite part of your job is? Oh, goodness. There's, <laughs> there's so many favorite parts. Um, I, I sort of alluded to it before where I, I want our students to 
remember elementary school and look back on it fondly. Um, and so my favorite part of my job is when we get to do the cool stuff. Um, and, and COVID has sort of dampened some of the cool things that we can do, but we celebrate the students' growth or um, their good behavior with all kinds of things. So our students here, they earn quill cards because we're the porcupine, so they earn quill cards for good behavior and they can buy privileges from our store. So they might get to lead the Pledge of Allegiance. They might get to buy a popcorn party. I told you I was popping popcorn earlier today. <laughs> they might get to um, buy a ticket to a glow party. Um, they would, before the pandemic, they could buy tickets to go bowling on a field trip with us. Um, and so doing those kinds of things and really celebrating the good that our students are doing is really an exciting thing. Um, another really fun thing, our PTO here is very involved and does a lot of great fundraisers. So again, pre-pandemic, we would celebrate um, with color fun runs. There was one year where the, the team of students who raised at least $250 in our fun run got to do a double dare obstacle course with me and I lost and had to be made into a human Sunday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I, the, my favorite part of my job, honestly, is getting to do that sort of thing because so much of the time I am I'm putting out fires or, you know, handling issues that are not as fun to deal with. And so when I get to just cut loose and be a kid with kids, that's my favorite. Mm. My favorite part of my job is obviously geared towards literacy again, but there's two things that really stand out. One is when I have a reluctant reader who just does not want to read any text, but by the end of the year, I have found one genre or one series that that child is now hooked on. And you see that child walking around with the book because they have found something that interests them. That is one of the biggest rewards that I see every year that makes me very happy. The second thing is also when working in a small group and you're working on maybe the letter A sound for maybe two or three weeks and it's taking that little bit longer to really stick and then all of a sudden the child has mastered it and they have shown it repeatedly on different assessments that they have now mastered it and just the light bulb that goes off in their in their head and like the feeling of pride and accomplishment that they have that's also very very rewarding. That's life-changing. Yes very much so. I, I want to ask y'all about your favorite teacher that you had at, when you were kids. So do you have a favorite teacher from you were a, when you were a child? And why were they your favorite teacher? What do they mean to you? I'll start. My favorite teacher was my high school social studies teacher, Mrs. Insina. And social studies was not an area that I was ever interested in. I didn't find it very engaging until she included multiple novels that we could read. She included historical fiction. She also included just nonfiction text that wasn't the textbook. So now to this day, I still continue to love historical fiction text because of her and how she introduced that genre to me that I don't know if I ever would have picked up on my own. Hmm. And I'll go back to elementary school for mine. I had, um, Phyllis Madrid, who is a legend in Gaston County Schools as a, an intellectually gifted teacher. And um, so the students would be pulled out into her classroom, which was 
covered with trolls. She loved <laughs> trolls, and she had Native American um, jewelry all over her, and these big, beautiful fingernails and big, beautiful hair. She was larger than life, and we always started class by singing a song that said, I'm a promise, I'm a possibility. Um, it really spoke to everybody's self-esteem and just made us feel like we were somebody and then I remember all of her lessons were so engaging. We would do newscasts, and we would um, decorate and design our own cereal boxes and just all kinds of really cool and engaging activities. Um, and so she definitely sticks out in my mind as my favorite from my elementary career. Yeah, I've never heard of a, a teacher designing a project around a newscast. That's really cool. Yes. That's super imaginative. And that was 30 years ago, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She was maybe, you know, engaging before her time, and everyone, all the kids loved to be in her class. That's awesome. I, I'm going to throw it back to the um, the Teacher of the Year nomination. So um, are you able to tell us um, who the nominee is for Pinewood for next year? Yes. So Pinewood's Teacher of the Year this year is Laura Ballard. She is our art teacher, and she was one of four nominees, I think, here at our school and was voted on by our staff. And she has started going through the process of interviewing to become Gaston County's Teacher of the Year. So we're really proud of her. As an A-plus school, we do arts integration all day, every day. And our music, art, PE teacher, they're all very integral in that and, and all of the um, projects and cool learning experiences that our students get to do. And so Miss Ballard is has been wonderful at taking a lot of the artwork that our students do and, and filling our halls with it and doing some just larger than life projects like a, a mural and a quilt and all these things to really um, bring the arts to our school and to our hallways. So we're, we're really thankful for her. And when are we going to find out who the official teachers of the years are? Because there's more than just teachers. It's principal of the year, like you won Miss West, and there's are there other categories? Oh, I think there is there administrator of the year. Yes, there's a central office administrator of the year. So someone who runs different departments around the central office. There's a new teacher of the year, someone within their first three years of teaching, a teacher assistant of the year, counselor of the year, social worker of the year. So all of those will be named in the spring of 2022. Um, typically in April and then in May, there is a, a big dinner where they announce it. So this past year, instead of being able to dinner, we we did um, a ceremony at the Fuse Ballpark so we could be outdoors and distanced. And that was pretty cool. Well, yeah, I mean, the, just being able to uh, be outside and, gosh, it's a great facility. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of fun. Yes. I say we go there every year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are there any special passions that you'll have that you'll like to talk about? I've run through all of the questions that I um, I prep sent you all ahead of time, but if there's anything else that you would like to talk about, um, I'd love to do that. Teaching is our life. I mean, like our, our brains are always. There's in really school. no time for any to consider anything. No. Else. <laughs> I watch on TV, and I'm like, what's TV? Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is our life. This is our love. Mm-hmm. This is our second home. Mm-hmm. I will say, Miss Nezazan and I are both mothers, and we're excited this Sunday. We're going to get to have our children in the parade with us. Um, 
and there's so few times, honestly, that we can involve our children in what we do. Mm. I've brought my um, now nine-year-old son to some of our family fun nights, and he just thinks it's so cool to come and be in the principal's office, <laughs> walk around the school when the lights are off. Um, sure. Or he, he, I bring him with me to flip the quail eggs on the weekends, you know, when we're incubating quail and you have to make sure you flip the eggs. I'm the one who has to do that. Oh, <laughs> Um, well, that's a special privilege. Yeah. <laughs> I would spend my, my quill dollars on uh, quail egg flipping privileges. <laughs> that's right. It, yes, that would be a really good job to have. So we're, I think everything that we do, um, we think back to what experience would we want our children to have. And that I want to be the principal that I want my, my kids to have. I know that Ms. Nezazan wants to be the reading teacher or just the teacher in general that she would want her daughter to have. And we understand parents when they have questions about things or they want to know how to support their children at home or, or they're concerned. We understand that we're mama bears too. And so we know um, that it's important for us to take care of every child within our charge. And so when you ask about passion, it's education and it's our children. And the, the way that those two things merge together is just super important to both of us. Well, Ms. West, Ms. Nezazan, thank you so much for joining us on Savvy Citizen today. We, it was great getting to, to talk to both of you. The, the passion that you have for what you do is clearly very much evident. Um, and uh, we uh, wish you both the uh, continued best throughout the rest of the semester and hope that you have a great holiday season. All right. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice to talk with you. You too. Thank you. Bye.